Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you interested in angels, demons, ghosts, spirits, and monsters? Are you curious about their origins, influence, and how to protect against the unknown? If so, then welcome to Southern Demonology, the podcast that explores all of this and more. Hello all. And welcome to the final episode of Season 4, Lucky Number 13. Fortunately, I don't suffer from Triskaidekaphobia or fear of that particular number. I did a brief recap what the season covered back in my last episode entitled The Bannelet of Righteousness. So I highly encourage you to go back and give that one a listen, not just for the summary, but also for the coverage of that particular magical text which originated from the Ethiopic Orthodox Church. So, rather than repeat myself, I thought I'd give a brief glimpse into some of the goodies that I have planned for Season 5, which, while still tentative, will start sometime in the first or second week of March, so that I can A get through the backlog of episodes that have been piling up for editing, in addition to B, producing some new ones. In case you were not aware, I spend a more than healthy amount of time polishing each episode in order to make it as smooth a listening experience as I can. Fortunately, I have finally completed my Rodecaster setup which makes that a little bit easier than it has been in the past, thank goodness. Once I narrow down the exact date, then I will update my social media channels with that announcement. Be sure to follow on whatever platform you happen to listen on, or visit southerndemonology.com for all relevant links and information. As for what's coming up, Season 5 will include some more academic goodies, regarding a few pseudepigraphal books such as The Ascension of Isaiah and an examination of the book The Mysteries of the Heavens and of the Earth. I also have a joint release with the Wandering Road podcast and there will be, of course, another conversation or two with Father Michael Birdsong and his son Deacon Josh, the exorcist duo from Georgia. I'm also in the beginning phases of planning few new ventures with some incredibly talented individuals that I am terrifically excited about that I know that you will just love. So, while we will part ways for a few weeks, please know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm just stocking up the larder, so to speak, of Southern Demonology in order to hopefully achieve the regular weekly cadence. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or even a story that you would like to share, 
please feel free to write me a message by clicking on the contact button of southerndemonology.com. Lastly, I do have one request, and I don't often make it. I have had quite a few people submit ratings for the podcast, which have helped this channel out tremendously, and I greatly appreciate that. If you haven't had the chance to do that, please take a minute to do so. Also, on the website, I have a link which says, Help Us Grow, which details all the free and a paid way that you can help assist. One of the best ways, however, is to simply give a personal recommendation to a friend or family member about the show. But however you decide to help will be phenomenally cherished by me, and I thank you in advance even for considering it. Today's episode is special, as not only does it give a bit of a retrospective, but also comes not from me, but by a listener. A few weeks ago, I received an email from Elizabeth, and I want to read just a few sections of that here, as it's not only powerful, but also beautiful. And yes, for the record, I also have expressed permission from Elizabeth to share it. I take the privacy of anyone who contacts me to be the most important thing above all. She wrote, Your last podcast changed my life. I realized that I had been under demonic oppression for decades and finally accepted Jesus into my heart as an adult. She then concluded with, I am firmly back in the fold and returned to church. My mood and mindset have phenomenally improved. You literally saved my life here and in the life to come. Thank you so much, and many thanks to Father Birdsong as well. His reaction to that growl made the light bulb go off. I feel so much better having forgiveness and letting go of anger and grudges. Please keep doing what you're doing. You have no idea how many people you're reaching and getting through to. Keep up the good work. That started a chain of emails, which finally accumulated in an invitation to share her story in an interview to which she agreed. Without further delay, I would like to introduce you to the story of Elizabeth, as told in her own words in an episode I call Trapped in Fear and Fire. Hello all. Thank you for joining Southern Demonology yet again. I am your host as always, JJ, and I have a very special treat. I don't get a ton of emails. And when I do, whether they are positive or negative, I cherish them because they are yet again evidence that I am not just speaking out into the void in my magical basement and having no one hear that. Because there's nothing worse than a futile effort. Am I right? Right. Absolutely. Well, I got an email last night from a wonderful individual named Elizabeth, and she indicated that 
she had heard the latest episode in which I had Father Birdsong on as a conversational guest and how that moved her. And it was a lovely email, and we had a few additional conversations ever since then. And I invited her on to tell her story because I, I think it is a highly valuable one and one that I really appreciated being told about. So, Elizabeth, welcome to Southern Demonology. Thank you so much, JJ. Why don't you give me some of the, the background, if you wouldn't mind? So I would love to hear this in your own words. Well, I guess I was, I was religious until um, I was 12 when I lost my grandfather. He was in the Worldwide Church of God, um, like right at the cusp when they realized they were a cult and they accepted that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Losing him was so hard and it made me go to a really dark, angry place. I'm really sorry. There's... There's nothing that can heal a heart after that level of impact of losing someone. I well understand that. Yeah, it, it leaves a, a big old void, and it just, it never really goes away until you accept Jesus into your heart and just accept the love and accept the forgiveness and just let go of your pain. Mm -mm -mm. So what happened after that? You went to a darker place. What do you mean by a dark place? After he died, I was in Texas with my aunt and uncle. He's a Air Force. Uh, he's a colonel. And uh, I played with his kids. He had five daughters. So it was a lot of fun. We'd swim in the pool every day after um, lunch. And one day we were at a neighbor's house and we were watching uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dooms. And I see that scene of Colleen Ma and it just like riveted me. Like, what is that? You know, I've never seen anything like it, and it's kind of exciting. But I didn't really know anything about Kali. And then I got older, and I found out about Garth Nick's book, Sabriel, Lyriel, Aberson. They were necromancers. I was like, oh, that's really cool, you know, necromancy. I really didn't know what it was. And um, then, let's say, I got older, and I started doing more research into Hindu mythology, I found out that there are still ongoing human sacrifices to Kali, but they're voluntary. And Christianity is based on human sacrifice. So let's see. I guess I was just fascinated by, by Kali. I don't know why. I guess she's like a female version of Satan, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's what appeared to me. A lot of my anger comes from, I'd say, my dad. He would yell at me and my stepbrother a lot. And I would just sit there and seize, and um, I guess they were holiness. They had gotten to the holiness denomination, and I didn't like it. It completely turned me off. I was raised Baptist. You know, my grandparents were in the Royal Church of God, so it was completely different to see people running around shouting, and there's nothing against that. If that's what you believe, that's fine. It turned me off. It definitely turned me off, and that, you know, women were so downplayed, and women, I mean, men were so upplayed, and then it was like, here's a female goddess, and she's so powerful. Not only is she so powerful, she's the most powerful god and goddess in the universe, according to Hindu mythology. And, you know, I just, I was drawn to her, and she sucked the life out of me. I mean, there's no other way to say it. 
Okay. Yeah. That is what she is known for. Really? There's really no other way of cutting that one. So in your original email, you had mentioned Kali Ma. And of course, I know about Kali, but the, the only phrase where I recognized that particular combination of words was from Indiana Jones. And I went, huh, I wonder if there's any correlation to that. Yeah, that was it, man. I saw that movie with my cousins. I was like, ooh, what's that? Never seen that before. It just had me locked in for, you know, a few minutes. Uh, I can imagine. And going back to that point where women are can be downplayed, that is a real stumbling block that you can find in a lot of different Christian denominations. Absolutely. Yes. Where it's the man who is the leader and the ruler of the household and women are just meant to be subservient. And I absolutely can understand where that would pose a huge issue. And if you're confronted with a, a female entity that takes away that stigma and gives you back that power, how alluring that can be. Absolutely. That's what it was. It was the power. It was absolutely the power. It's, it's, it's always been the power. So what then happened in your life? I guess just, you know, you get, you start dating, you get mistreated and you want, you get angry, you want revenge, you know, you feel humiliated. So you're like, well, let me try this. And it works. You know, wow, it works. You know, maybe this is it. What were you trying if you don't mind me asking i was trying to get a body count okay gotcha yeah sorry i wasn't trying to to get too personal or anything i was just uh, when you said that you were trying i was like i had no idea what you were talking about if it could be something related to magic or something else well i remember my grandfather saying that king david wasn't allowed to build the temple because he had got his hands too bloody from killing so many times Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a way to do it without getting your hands dirty, I mean, why wouldn't you try it, you know? Right. Got yeah, I can understand that reasoning. And then throughout this period of your life, did you experience a lot of negative actions or energy that was being directed toward you? Definitely from my first boyfriend. Not my ex-husband at first, initially. Um, the first few years, when my ex-husband was great. We didn't argue at all. But I just, I guess I was just so, so angry and humiliated from the first one. And I was like, well, let's see if it works. And it did. Gotcha. And I, I know that in the original email that you sent, that in addition to Kali Ma, you were also practicing some other items um can you go into a little bit more detail around that if you feel comfortable sure um i didn't really get into manifesting until um i discovered ralph smart on youtube and he changed my entire outlook on life he really did it was like a paradigm shift you know it's it's not so much about you know what you achieve you know where it's basically in this life it's all about money and rank and recognition 
you know, he just opened my mind to like something else, that there's more. You're a multidimensional being having human experience. You're not just this monkey, you know, trying to get oranges off the tree. I mean, I I can't really explain it. He just, he, he changed my outlook. Gotcha. And for those who are not familiar with that term, would you mind going to a little detail as to what manifesting is? Okay, manifesting is a type of hyperfocus. That's the only way I can explain it. It's not that you think about it all the time, like, ah, uh, you know, it's not like that. It's like you want something to happen and you will it to happen. And then it happens and you're like, wow, this stuff. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Works. Gotcha. Which episode in particular did I have with Father Birdsong? Because there's been quite a few up to this point. Did you have such a strong reaction to? I came home from work. I was in a really bad mood, really bad mood. It was after um, I had to play my car and wrecked. And you had just posted it, and I listened to it. And his reaction to the growl, I don't know. It, it was just his reaction to the growl. I don't know how to describe it. It was, it was like the light bulb went off, and I'm like, oh, my God, if I can believe in aliens, if I can believe in demons, certainly Jesus can drive them out, you know, and there's people that can drive them out through Jesus's power. He's the most powerful thing ever, you know, and I need him in my life and I almost lost my life. I need him to save me, you know, because obviously what I'm doing was self-destructive. Yeah. And you had, if you don't feel comfortable going into details, I completely understand. And I, I'm not trying to drag anything out of you, but you had mentioned a car wreck. What do you mean by that? Well, I was driving home from a lunch break and there was this big tree and the leaves were dripping a lot of water into a puddle on the road. And I should have been driving slower. And I just hydroplaned, hit the ditch, rolled, flipped. It was facing oh the other God. way when it landed, and I was scared to death. It was going to catch on fire, and I was going to have to pull the trigger, and it didn't. And I then I, I, I opened the door, and I was like, oh, my God, the door opened. And the first thing I said when I got out was, I cannot believe I'm still alive. I, I couldn't imagine. And you said that all the damage was on the on the driver's side of the of the vehicle? It was the guy that told me, he said all the damage was her, was on her side. He said, I can't, he said, I don't know why she wasn't injured worse than she was, you know. That, I'm just glad that you're all right. That's the most important thing right then and there. Thanks. Gosh. In follow-up conversations, you had, you had mentioned that you had felt 
something oh, yeah. surrounding you. I I guess that that something uh, in that episode made a light bulb go off in your head. What what? So it was the growl that did that to you. What? So what was it so was, impactful? It was the growl. I I don't know what it was, but um, I have a friend that went to the Army for intelligence, mm-hmm. and he actually told me what happened one night. He said he witnessed his friends. They had um, took a different route than they had planned to take in Afghanistan, and they hit an IUD. It warped the doors. They couldn't get out. The car caught on fire, and he was there. They were begging him and everyone else to please help them before the munitions went off. And I told him, you know, that's my worst fear. You know, I've had this for like three or four years. You know, I'm terrified to get in my car and go anywhere because I'm scared to death that God's going to punish me for you know what i've done and oh bless your heart i I am so sorry and i just (sighs) take all the time you need i'm certainly not trying to make you feel negative emotions or to cry i promise you so he tells me that he says you know god's not angry at me he said god doesn't want to punish you he's a pagan by the way you know, the, the first part of that podcast with, with Father Birdsong was that God's not mad at you. He said, God forgives you. And it really touched my heart. That is so wonderful to hear. Right after you sent me that original email, I sent that to him because Father Birdsong has been having some health issues himself, and oh, okay. I know that it touched his heart as well. He he, okay. he informed me of that. Okay. So your message did a lot of good, not only from your side, but from his side as well. Okay, great, great. You'd written something this morning around knocking, and I would love to hear more about that. Yes, yeah, so I couldn't sleep last night. I was too wired, too excited, hot up. In the bathroom, I I hear this knock. I've never heard a knock in this house. I've been here a year. I've been married since September. We lived here since January last year. Mm -hmm. And then it knocks again, and it knocks a third time. And I'm like, okay, I've heard that that's a mockery of the Trinity. So I've never heard a knock before. So what else could it be? Yeah, and the sad part is, is that the preternatural or the infernal, they absolutely love to mimic the trinity yes and that's why at three or at 333 it was about that time yeah yep uh, that is distinctly things in which they love to make themselves known they call themselves the kingdom even though they are absolutely not of the kingdom of god that is, you know, one of the ways in which they love to get in is to make them, you know, make people think that, you know, they are something that they are not. Uh-huh. Have you felt other pieces of demonic obsession or oppression around you? Sometimes at night, it sounds like my husband's speaking another language. There's rhyme to it. It's not like he's jibber-jabbering, sleep paralysis. I didn't have it until we started back dating again. And it it initially it, it really scares you. You can't move, you can't talk, you can't do anything. 
and he's over there talking like he's preaching a sermon in another language, and it's like, what in the world is going on? It's scary. It really is. Does he have any memory of this at all? No, he's bad for talking in his sleep. It's all family that kind of pick on him about it. But that but is... He, he is religious. He's been religious his whole life. He's never, he's never turned away. He's never gone dark. He's never backslid. He's, he's a good man. He's a very good man. Well, I am tickled to death that you're with someone like that. Me too. But I don't know. I mean, that reeks a little too much of coincidence for coincidence's sake. To well, suffer from sleep paralysis and to hear what sounds like a foreign language being spoken, and not just once, but on multiple occasions. Well, it's it, not like it's him. It's like they're using him. And it's like when he's unconscious, it's like, okay, we can play around now. And there was one night I woke up with a sleep paralysis, and I can't remember what he was saying or doing. But he actually said, because I mentally thought, I said, what do you want? Because I could not move. And he said, leave me. Leave me. And I thought you have no power over me. And I really didn't like that because then I couldn't move like a inch, like a bit. I think that's when I started. I was able to kick a little bit and wake him up. And when I wake him up, that's when it goes away, that sleep paralysis. and. Mm -hmm. Power is gone. The power over my physical um, ability to move. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, evidently they're able with telepathy because I thought, you know, you have no power in me, and then you got angry. Bless your heart. That, yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, this is coming from a Protestant. I mean, I don't have any experience with this. I don't have any knowledge of it. I mean, other than what little research, what little research I've done on the internet. I mean, I would. So I know in email conversations, you know, I've urged some recitations of Psalm 91 and maybe the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel because they are wonderful defensive mechanisms. If you can get your hands on from a local Catholic or Catholic-related church some blessed holy water or something similar to that, Certainly can't hurt anything. You can even ask for a blessing, which would probably go a very long way. They, they would give that to me? Yeah. Even they, though I'm they absolutely will. And if they don't, then they're not a truly welcoming church. And okay. unfortunately, there are closed-minded individuals everywhere yeah. that's out there, but... Yeah. I mean, if a if a Catholic church is seeking to welcome all, then it doesn't matter if you're of the that particular faith or not. They will help those that are. Because I mean, honestly, most Protestant denominations are not familiar with this stuff, or they conflate it, or there's they, they have number no of idea. They have no idea. Oh, that is absolutely true. A lot of places have no idea. This is why. This is one of the reasons why the the Catholic faith keeps a rich history of this stuff. And even though it is severely downplayed much more than it should be, it's still alive and well. Yeah. Yeah. You... I'm not urging any kind of conversion. I'm, I'm not going down that route. Don't take it that way. But 
if you find yourself in dire straits, right, that is a wonderful avenue to explore at least. Is let me ask you this: Is it strange that I'm not terrified, that I'm not like horrified, that I'm I'm just kind of like, okay, this is what's going on? Well, I think there are two sides to that. The first is that we, uh, I think, as I mentioned as an email, we as humans adapt to our situation. And mm-hmm. it can be horrible things happening, but yet if we're exposed to them that much, then, yeah, we just, because we, we have to keep going on and we just kind of adapt to your new reality. But the other side of it is the infernal will always attempt to deaden you to their effects yes yes absolutely that's the feeling it's it's a desensitization thing that is exactly right you just get desensitized to it and um you're like well this is the way it is yeah it is your new normal and if they get you to accept this is reality now then they have already begun to win really I don't want them to win. I really don't. Oh, and the fact that you have recognized what is going on is the most important first step. And absolutely know that God is not angry with you. He would never turn his back on his children. Thank you. Thank you. The Old Testament God is, he's angry. He's punitive. And that's kind of what I heard, you know, growing up. And, you know, trust me, I grew up in Southern Baptist churches. I actually, strangely, still miss the hellfire and brimstone sermons that we got at least once a month, if not more than that. Yeah. And yeah, that is a very common message. But the thing is, is that church and just believing father and birdsong and i just got through recording an episode around the sacraments and how the entire purpose of those is around healing right right that is the piece that i want you to take away from this it is trust in the healing power of god even one of its archangels is named raphael which means literally the healing power of god wow i didn't know that okay I, I go to church now to get the safety. I go to get the safety to get the devil off my back. I don't know what's going on, but that's why I go to church is, you know, just get the devil off of me. Well, I, for one, am thankful that you are okay after the car accident and that you are getting help and I'm glad that you contacted me as well. Thank you for your message. And for anyone else that is out there, if you have questions, if you have issues, reach out. I may only be an academic at heart. I won't ever pretend to be something that I'm not, but I can get you in touch with those people that can help, like further births on, for example. All right, we're running out of time. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we close out? Yes, and I kind of had a thought you were going to ask this. 
I would tell young people, please do not go to the dark for power, for solace, for comfort. It will turn on you every time. It will bite you. It will even take your life. That's absolutely the case. Because as we've said, as I've said in the Ouija episode and in so many others, don't go opening doors. Right. Because you never know what is going to be behind it. Will a demon be behind every door? No. However, it doesn't, the more doors you open, the greater the chance that you've got. Yep. Amen. Well, Elizabeth, I cannot thank you enough for your time and for sharing your story. It is a heartbreaking one, but I think ultimately it is one that is filled with hope. Thank you. Thank you. I have a lot of hope now, and I didn't have that before. Good. That's, That's all you need. Because as long as there is shining ray of hope into your life, then that will combat that desensitization and help you in the long run. So never lose sight of that, please. And if there's ever anything I can do, just say the word. Okay, thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening to Southern Demonology. Find us online at southerndemonology.com, which offers links to all of our social media and episodes. Southern Demonology is solely owned, produced, and edited by myself, and the intro and outro music are composed by me as well. If you have a moment, please rate, like, and share this podcast, as it is the best way to help support my work. As always, I am JJ, and it has been a pleasure to speak to you today.